Hello everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Finance Podcast Musing. I want to take today, uh, take a little bit of time today and talk about energy usage and Bitcoin. Now tons of people out in social media on Twitter and Facebook are talking about how energy intensive Bitcoin is and how it's not green. Kevin O'Leary recently went into Bitcoin and talked about how he's only getting Bitcoin from miners that are using green energy sources. Bank of America is coming out and talking about how, you know, Bitcoin uses as much energy as all of uh, American Airlines, excuse me, all of the planes that are flying around. And there's all these comparisons with Argentina. People on both sides are coming out and talking about Bitcoin is dirty or Bitcoin is green and oh my God, there should be a carbon tax on Bitcoin. And everyone is smart until they aren't. So as a person who's actually worked in the industry industry for many years and has built and launched startups to build generation projects, let me take a little bit of time to dispel the notion of how energy actually works, specifically electricity, and whether Bitcoin is green or not. Let's start here. Prices. How are energy prices and electricity prices set? There are two types of prices that people don't necessarily talk about. And in fact, that second type has two types of prices within it as well. There's retail energy, which is what you and I pay for our electricity based on the meters that are running. This is run by the power company and it's set by the market. I'll talk about that in a second. There's also wholesale electricity. Wholesale means that, hey, I'm a manufacturing facility or a bitcoining mining farm and i'm going to be get my electricity at a cheaper rate because i'm paying wholesale prices not to a bunch of retail people now there's a catch to wholesale prices which is that second part of the second price if you will the catch is you also pay for capacity capacity payments so i i'm paying a distribution a generation facility to give me electricity per kilowatt hour and to have the electricity on demand for me to to have whenever I need it. Now, how was the actual retail price of electricity set? It's set by things called peaker plants. No one talks about these. The way the market works is that everyone puts in bids, supply bids of how much electricity can be on the market. So your nuclear base, it's called the base load, which is it's always on. You can't turn on and off a nuclear power plant. That typically goes first, then, you know, some sort of natural gas and so on and so forth until you fill the system with higher costing sources of electricity. When supply meets demand, that point is whatever the price of that point is, is the clearing price for the whole market. So if I can provide electricity for one cent per kilowatt hour, but the the clearing price is eight and a half cents per kilowatt hour, I make a lot of margin because I, as a, a generation facility, am making seven and a half cents on that one cent on cost. Now, if I'm a really dirty plant and it costs uh, my energy, you know, costs a lot to produce, and I can only make it at eight and a half cents per kilowatt hour, I am the market clearing price, then I make no profit. I'm running at where my marginal cost equals my marginal revenues. So I'm happy there. Peaker plants are when you get a lot of demand in the market. So say um, when everyone comes home in the summer to turn on the air conditioners, or when uh, the people come into the office before COVID and all the lights got turned on. That's a big peak in demand, and so you have to turn on extra plants. Typically in the United States, those plants are 
natural gas plants, but you can also use renewable electricity for this. Okay, now that we have the basic market structure, how does Bitcoin play? There are three different types of delivery mechanisms of electricity, or three different types of, of plants. There's the generation plant, generates electricity. There's the distribution plant, distributes electricity, okay? And in the middle is the, our transmission lines. Transmission lines have an insane amount of loss. As electricity travels, the farther it travels, the more loss there is across the lines. That's why most distribution plants and subplants are near populated areas. And actually, this is why you can't, if renewables sometimes have a harder time of feeding in and out of the grid, because no big uh, building or big population center is located around a waterfall, which has nearly free and infinite hydro energy of turning a turbine. Also, it's hard to build wind farms next to uh, where people live because people don't like to look out and see these windmills. And they're called eyesores for people, right? Because it lowers property value or whatnot, even though I personally am a fan and I think they're quite beautiful. So now that we understand that big distribution plants sit by near population centers, the way it works is a generation plant says, I'm producing, producing, producing for six uh for four cents a kilowatt hour a distribution plant buys it off of me for six cents a kilowatt hour marks up the price to eight cents per kilowatt hour and sells it off to retail the beautiful thing about bitcoin is that bitcoin doesn't need to be by population centers you can literally have a bitcoin farming uh a bitcoin farm in the middle of the sahara desert if you so choose taking in all that beautiful constant solar energy you can also have it by a waterfall you can also have a near a wind farm where you're getting renewable sources without the transmission loss and without needing the distribution markup to get it into population centers so the incentive as many people that are defending bitcoin is definitely to go for the cheapest energy uh the cheapest source of energy out there now, okay, that makes sense. Why isn't Bitcoin all green? Well, if you're near solar and a cloud goes over the solar farm, you can't mine anymore. So you need to have auxiliary services. And so you either get plugged into a grid, right? If you don't have these uh, wholesale structures with a generation plant or your battery to back up technology. Now, the other aspect of how bitcoin gets their electricity and why looking at total electricity usage is completely completely mismanages a statistic is that a lot of plants out there methane plants oil plants and so on flare their gas so what does that mean methane gas is 23 to 25 depending on who you ask times worse than carbon for the environment and so what happens is if you have a methane plant, typically it's a landfill that's covered and you have pipes literally sticking out of that landfill. Those pipes are flaring gas, which means that there is a fire on top of this pipe and the, the flame literally burns methane into carbon. And while we're emitting carbon, it's better than emitting methane. In fact, before, uh, and especially uh, during like 2008, 9, 10, when carbon credits were all the rage, much more than they are today, especially European carbon credits, 
people were flaring and getting carbon credits for those flares. That's how they were making methane plants very, very profitable. Now, what does Bitcoin do? Bitcoin says, hey, don't flare this gas. Run it through a gen set, a generation set. Take this methane. Don't just flare it into carbon. Flare it through a generation set. Carbon still escapes for the most part, but it also spins a turbine that generates electricity instead of just going out to the atmosphere and mining Bitcoin. So you're literally taking, even if it's a dirty gas and emitting carbon, you're literally turning what would have otherwise been emitted, okay, into electricity that would have otherwise not been made. So taking the total usage of electricity and just saying, well, and looking at what plants they use, okay, carbon or natural gas or whatnot, is only part of the puzzle. You need to understand whether that would have been flared, whether that would have been lost, whether this electricity is not additive on like a solar plant or a hydro plant. Let's say you're next to a solar farm and it's just not viable to generate solar in an area and then incur all of those transmission losses to get that solar into or near a city. Well, that solar just sitting there or those, those panels are sitting there and or not built at all. With Bitcoin, because it doesn't have to be near a city, now you have additional solar that's either on or even off the grid, the main grid, it's just connected to the Bitcoin farming, um, uh, uh, Bitcoin farms, and it's creating, it's creating new energy, okay? So again, all of these things are misguided. Now, where the critics do have it right is as of now, especially in China, still a lot of coal plants are powering Bitcoin mining. That's going to change. Coal is becoming more and more expensive. And, new, and excuse me, renewables like solar and wind are becoming cheaper and cheaper on a marginal cost basis to, uh, to, uh, to produce uh, electricity. Also, as battery technology, like people yell at Tesla, how Tesla went into something that's, you know, not that green. It's a complete misunderstanding, a complete misunderstanding of the market. Tesla's battery technology can essentially create an area where Bitcoin farm can sit next to a solar or whatever, hydro generation. And when that generation goes out, when there's intermittency, in that generation, the battery technology can kick in. Now, batteries are only one part of storage. I won't go into energy storage. There are many other parts of energy storage, like elevated hydro, for example. But that's not the point. The point is that a lot of times, and in the long run, Bitcoin is definitely incentivized to hit green source of energy, green sources of energy. Excuse me. Be off the grid. Be meet energy where energy is. Again, putting solar. In the middle of Sahara, you have to cool the Bitcoin mining farms and all that. But let's put that aside for now. Meet wind in the middle of great places to mine Bitcoin, by the way, Ontario, Canada. It's cool. You don't have to cool the computers. You can get lots of wind, for example, there. You can get when there's not wind, you can get solar and so on and so forth. You don't have to spend transmission losses bringing that Bitcoin back into the main grid. And that no one talks about. You heard it here first. Hardcore Finance Podcast. This is Alex at Mr. Ibada on Twitter. Please keep your comments coming. Please keep uh, engaging with us. And use this video. Spread it to all the naysayers. People who think Bitcoin is wasting too much energy. 
fundamentally misunderstand the way the energy markets work. You can take this to the bank. Thank you.